Uh, I think uh, you've just frozen. Can you hear me? I can still hear you, yes. I was talking with, like, we, we were going to talk about the elephants, and then that was kind of where the starting point began. She also talked about you moving, and then... Yeah, but you're not talking about me moving. It's been three minutes, and I haven't gotten the attention I deserve. Okay, here we go. So, hey, Hito, how's it going? <laughs> Hi, Chirag. Welcome. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the Dutch listeners will be like, fuck off and go back to your country. <laughs> Animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Except Chirag. Hello, everybody. You're listening to The Two Vegans. I'm Chirag. And I'll give you five euros if you tell me what episode number are we on. <laughs> 26, because actually it's 27, though. Come on, give me my five euros. Um, yeah, keep looking at your PayPal. It'll be there shortly. Right. So, uh, so Hito, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, we're going to talk about vegan news. I think it's been a while since we've... It has. And there's a big, big news in the vegan world that everyone should know of because it's very important. I have left Dubai and I have left Chirag. I mean, I'm making a sad face, but nobody can really see it. If our listeners can hear very carefully, that's Chirag's tears flowing out of his eyes. You, know, you have you have to put some background music of tears <laughs> dropping or something. <laughs> My te- I don't think tears are that loud. You need to learn from a woman. No, I'm just all cried out from when you actually did leave. Oh, okay. Now, well, explain a bit more. Like, what? So, what happened? Oh, I, mean, I know, but the listeners don't right. know what's going on, so we got to tell them. So I've moved to the Netherlands, and this is going to be for good. I'm going to be working here, and I'm going to be living here until further notice, which is never. So yeah, I'm looking forward to doing some hardcore activism here for starters. I've already joined my groups and downloaded apps and everything and I know where to go now. Um, And um, yeah, we're excited to check out the vegan scene here. I'm already eating a lot of good vegan food over here. What is the vegan scene like out there? It is nice. I still, I, well, it's just been three weeks since I've moved and I haven't had the chance to explore it fully. And obviously because of the COVID, not many meetups and stuff are happening. But um, I have to say that it's not as prevalent as I thought it would be. And I'm basing this purely on whatever I'm finding online in terms of groups and movements. Um, but I think if and when I get a chance to go to these events uh there was actually supposed to be one uh, activism uh, event yesterday which got cancelled at the last minute due to some reason but it seems like it's quite an active group um and it, and the, and the fun part about this is that you can actually do global events like if you remember i went for the march in london right so there's an amsterdam yeah. version that happens around august um, and the event that happened yesterday that was cancelled in Amsterdam, it did happen in uh, the UK, it happened in Belgium. So it's going to be fun to kind of have a movement and participate in it. And you know that other people in other countries are also doing it at the same time. Right. Uh, and this movement was basically um, led by Animal Rebellion. 
where um, people actually went to these public fountains and dyed the watercolor red to tell the government okay. there is blood in their hands and mm-hmm. the entire pandemic has basically happened because animals were misused and exploited and things like that and the government doesn't care so it's going to be fun i'm sure whenever it starts and i'm looking forward to it so i mean you moved about 3 weeks ago as you said uh, i know you're still adjusting to various things and getting into the stream of it but um so what what's it i mean i'm going to make you the <laughs> our our uh, reporter from the netherlands but like what's the situation out there right now like i mean we've obviously on previous episodes talked about the coronavirus and what it's been like for us here in dubai and when you were in dubai but uh, what how is it like over there it's quite interesting because i don't see a lot of social distancing happening here to be honest um i think people are already back on the streets just going about doing their own thing the government uh, mandates a one and a half meters uh, distance um and masks are only meant to be in public transport i'm wearing it everywhere because i'm scared um and in general i think it's it's all right it doesn't feel like a pandemic to be honest so i go out and step out on the weekends the parks are full and the restaurants and bars are full in terms of cases you just i think it's just going to be there right and i think europe is taking i'd like to believe europe is taking the herd immunity approach and um if that's the case then things are just as they should be yeah so out here of course um things have been easing up i mean this dead eased up even before you'd left inside certain spaces so inside like cafes restaurants and that kind of stuff you do see some level of social distancing just because uh tables and chairs and stuff are kept for you know uh, enough distance apart so that they can when when you're seated um they're under control uh but otherwise yeah i i feel the same way a little bit as well um that it's just otherwise people are just operating outside of wearing masks operating as if things were just normal um i don't i don't know what that means yet <laughs> and i don't know what that's going i mean we we keep getting the uh, you know they do the daily notices about cases and stuff like that i mean that those have been pretty steady in terms of numbers recoveries have been okay uh but the the officials have been constantly reminding people that uh there's been a lot of carelessness and it's leading to issues and that kind of thing and they want people to be extra careful um i'm i'm personally not seeing much of it then again it's not like i'm stepping out every day or something but uh but whenever i do and it's been more than than like a couple of weeks ago yeah like i said it all it all feels like most people are just so fed up that um they're just they're just happy to be out and going and doing regular things and i guess that's the way to go anyway people who are vulnerable need to be a little more careful uh, older people younger children pregnant women people with underlying illnesses already i think they need to just be more careful about when they step out um you know make sure that they have their distancing in place and not step out as much but otherwise the rest of us just have to kind of learn to live with it and deal with it anyway so we're going to talk about vegan news that's not us so that was our biggest vegan news mm-hmm. um please let us know in the comments <laughs> <laughs> okay you go first what do you got uh the first one was this report that came out about how um how many face masks are now in the oceans uh because uh, a lot of people are using disposable face mm. masks and um so it came with like this massive warning that like uh, guys we kind of need to shift to 
uh, reusable moss, but also if you're using disposable moss or whatever, let's find a better way to dispose them because at this point, um, we've kind of undoing all the hard work that's been going on for the last couple of years. Yeah, saw that coming. Gloves and masks. I mean, we we spoke about it like I think two episodes ago now, and um, it doesn't it hasn't seemed to cause much change. I mean, I'm still you know when I've been to um, I went to a cafe here a while back, like soon after it opened, just to pick up a coffee and leave. And because the they knew me, there was this like, sir, I'm really sorry, but I'm not allowed to serve you in a mug anymore. So I have to give you a plastic yeah. mug. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't really want that. And they're like, well, at best I can give you a paper one. And I'm like, well, it's only like a wee bit better than, than the other option, really. But they're like, yeah, but we're, we've been given strict instructions not to, not to use reusable... Um, know cutlery yeah. and whatever else which is unfortunate because ideally you should be able to do it as long as you sanitize well um but pretty much i think people just took the easy way out right so when the instructions were you either have proper sanitation practices in place or use disposables and people were like all right i guess we'll just yeah. use disposables then i thought it was uh, if you have a dishwasher then this doesn't apply to you no, but that's exactly what I'm yeah. saying. So the the way the the regulation was is like you, if you have a dishwasher, you use a dishwasher, and then you know, da da da. If you don't, yeah. use disposables. And they were like, well, let's use disposables, <laughs> like irrespective of the situation, right? And I, it it is more work and stuff. Yeah. I get it, but that also means that like, the again, I I don't know. I I anyway, we've talked about this on previous episodes. So we don't need to get into all of that all over again. But um. For me, it's just bizarre that, like, to to counter this issue, we are creating so much havoc, right? Like, the amount of disposable gloves and masks, the amount of chemicals we're spraying left, right, and center without a second thought in the world. Um, all the food deliveries, all the supermarket deliveries, all of this stuff. I mean, we have, okay, we have Kipsons here that is, you know, nice about what they deliver their stuff in, and 95% of it comes without any plastic in it. But uh, but you see, I mean, a lot of these like sanitized practices are they are cutting and chopping, giving you vegetables in plastic. <laughs> you know, like it's uh, so again, it it comes as no surprise perhaps that the the oceans are getting more polluted. But it is making me kind of look at this thing and go, I mean, you know, isn't this the reason we got into this mess in the first place? Like, how is yeah? How are we going to get out of it by doing more damage? Yeah, the good thing here is that I've obviously ordered a few times here now um they don't send cutlery at all like and that's nice right like they just assume that okay you either have cutlery or it's your problem or you fully yeah. <laughs> did yeah. they don't send you cutlery at all um and their you order salads or whatever you order the base is usually recycled material it's the lid that is plastic so the only plastic that comes in your food is the lid mm-hmm. Everything else is either recycled or recyclable or bags are paper bags. You barely see plastic bags. Of course, if you go to a supermarket and if you want to buy a plastic bag, you're charged, mm. which I think is a big deal. Um, and then, so when I came here, I obviously bought my first couple of plastic bags, but then now I'm just reusing those every time yeah. I go shopping. Yeah. So I think these are some really minor changes, which I don't know why Dubai is not implementing. It didn't work, right? So I don't know if you remember, but uh, maybe f- three, four, five years ago, uh, we had we had a chain called the Giant, which was the, which well anyway got bought out by by Carrefour eventually. Um, but they had they had tried that. I know they had tried that in Bilbao, where they said they were going to charge for the bags. 
and they'd, they'd done this like floating deadline kind of thing. They were like, okay, in like as of this date, we're going to begin, uh, you know. And then they'd kept a pretty low rate from what I remember. It was maybe 50 cents, uh, 50 fills or something like that, some, some, some simple number. And they never enforced it, never. And uh, my, my best guess, of course, is that like after the day when they, when they said that to somebody, they were like, oh, yeah, I'm not paying for that. And I'm, you can't force me to buy a reusable bag or whatever it is, because of course those are more expensive. Two drums, but more expensive than a plastic bag. And um, and I think I th they never enforced it. And I think that I think that the the worry is is that that people will not pay, which is actually I don't know. In my mind, that's perfect. If people will are refusing to play for a plastic bag, that's the exact outcome you want. Yeah, and well, it should be a government regulation. It can't just be one corporate trying to do some CSR, which is very nice on their part. But if I know that there's a car for that's going to give me whatever I want without charging me that extra 50 fills, I'm just going to go there. So if, um, and Dubai is the easiest place to kind of put new rules. So I, I really don't understand why they're not doing this. Um, you know, just go ahead and implement this rule and across all supermarkets and all shops and just let people buy this plastic bags yeah as, as a simple if putting a putting a fee against something is such a great way right like i mean remember the when carrefour this is I mean, this must be like 10 or 15 years ago i don't know but carrefour used to use a lot of lose a lot of um carts right because they used to be they were the, one of the first like, this huge hypermarket and part of a big mall and you know people would then carry the cart and go all over the mall and then leave it in other shops and it became this big issue and they came up with this system where they say you know you have to put one them in to get your cart, and when you return the cart back to the proper place, where they have, and they had them all over in all the parking lots and everything, uh, you can get your derm back. And it was super effective, right? Like there was actually no charge, but the act, and I've seen, by the way, I've seen my, my, my parents do that, right? Be like, I, I want my derm back, hello. I'm gonna go and put that back because I want my derm back. Um, it, was, it was super effective. Um, so I would imagine that the same thing would work for bags, but we're still, I, it's, um, it's amazing to me that it's still not there. Just, I mean, just put yeah. a tax on it. Right? It's as simple as that. Just make it payable. And for a while, they'll buy it and eventually they'll stop because at some point, they'll be like, man, I'm not paying five, uh, whatever, three dirhams again just to get my groceries home. I'll just carry. Even if they carry the same plastic bag and take it back inside, that's fine. Yeah. So we've seen, we've seen the alternative initiatives happen a lot, right? Like we've seen, um, I know Spinney's has been collecting their plastic bags. They're like, just put them back in here and we'll reuse it within our stores. Yeah, um, but, I, but I mean, yeah, I don't know how successful that is, and I don't, yeah. So what else? Uh, so the other news that I came across, which I thought was just, um, I mean, I felt like it did, it barely got any mentions, but um, uh, this news in in Botswana in Africa. So there are about two hundred and seventy five elephants that found they were found dead. Uh, about this was last last week. Um, and initially, they, they had they'd come across a few because uh, you know some people had had spotted these elephants had had apparently died, um, and then obviously there was this immediate concern that maybe it was a poaching issue. Uh, but turns out that the elephants were all intact, the carcasses were intact and stuff. Um, and then as time passed and they explored further and further, they found that the numbers had increased and it was one fifty four or something about two weeks ago, and the number is now close. I mean, it's two three seventy five. And uh, there have been some tests and stuff going on, but uh, as of today, they don't, they don't know what's happened to these elephants. And, uh, I mean, it seems like they've been infected by something. 
um, but but nobody really knows what's going on. Yeah, I'm thinking actually, is it? What could it be though? I have a feeling it's mass poisoning, and maybe somebody was going out there with the intention of poaching. Um, but maybe that could be a bit far fetched, and because if I'm, I don't know if you know about the story that happened in India that this elephant. A pregnant elephant ate a piece of pineapple, which had firecrackers in it, and burst in her mouth. And um, so the norm is that these farmers keep these fruits and vegetables laden with firecrackers, um, so that the wild boars eat it and they die. The what they consider as pests to their crops. Um, probably something similar was kept. Um, to deter their so-called pest animals, um, or maybe some poachers kept poison laden with food, food laden with poison. I don't know. I mean, if you haven't been able to find this after tests, I, I don't know if. Yeah. So the update on that is that they so some they've been they've been conducting tests, and I think there's, there's some like three different labs that are kind of involved in trying to figure it out. Um, and they have some level of test results, but apparently they're not conclusive. I mean, the number has gone up uh, apparently to about 350. So, um, you know, at the moment it's kind of like, of course, it's all predictive, but there, you know, there are reports now that experts are like, oh, I think the whole herd is going to be decimated in this process. Um, and it could be one or the other, right? So you're right. It could it could be a case of uh, poisoning. It could be a case of infection. Something has really had an outbreak. I mean, we are living through a global pandemic on our side, on the human side, I mean. So it is possible that it's uh, something that's infecting this specific herd. Uh, because obviously all the herds are slightly genetically different, and so this could be something that's that's impacting them, or or the outbreak is localized to um, Africa, Botswana, wherever, uh, which is why it's in, impacting these animals only. But it's been going on since March, by the way. So um, it was first discovered when they had the, sort of these people flying over and they saw the carcasses down. They were trying to understand what's going on. So currently, the estimate is around three fifty. Yeah, I have a feeling that elephants are going to be the next extinct. Animal species. I think it was giraffes. No, we looked at the numbers saying giraffes are about to be extended. Yeah, also. giraffe are already there on the endangered list. I have a feeling with the way things are going, elephants would be next. Having said that, um, do you remember um, Cecil the lion? Um, and remember the the dentist who paid like thirty thousand pounds to hunt him. Yep. Um, and there was this huge uproar uh, amongst the general public. Four years later, he's gone ahead and killed a protected wild ram. He's paid 80,000 pounds in Mongolia. Um, the animal is um, well protected under the regulations. The asshole's name is Walter Palmer. Um, Walter Palmer. Um, and um, yeah. So he's, oops, he's gone ahead and killed a protected ram in Mongolia. Um, and apparently he had never stopped hunting. Um, and he was constantly hunting during all these years, just more low-key. I hate to say it this way, but that's not surprising, right? Like if someone, um, you already know the the mindset of someone like that when when that's the, like it's, for him it's this uh, challenge, right? Something to, con like it's a, like a conquest almost. It sounds weird, but it's true. Um, and then, 
whether or not he's successful one, he's just going to keep going, right? Unless somebody makes it punitive, which it is not today. So this is why, as you said, you know, he's still hunting and then eventually um, he reaches a point where he wants to do his next big um, conquest. So yeah. Yeah. So a picture was put up, obviously, with the hunters holding the ram's horns. Um, but the, there are two men. Um, and uh, the guy who posted it, his name is Brent Sinclair. Um, but their faces were not shown. So the other guy is suspect to be Walter Palmer. Um, so let's see if he comes back and says, oh, that wasn't me and I'm a better man now, but I don't think so. Um, and um, according to independent.co.uk, the animal is uh, called as Argali. And the Argali is legally protected by Mongolian law and hunting, it is banned. Internationally, the species is officially classed as near-threatened. Um, besides that, I just wanted to kind of speak about Regan Russell, um, the uh, activist who passed away. Um, I don't know if you've heard of her, but she was a very, very active animal rescuer with the Toronto Pig Save. Um, and... Um, she was 65 years old um, and um, uh, she died on June 19 where she was um, uh, actively participating in the, um, in the activity um, run by Toronto Pigs where they go out and give water to these pigs that are put in um, slaughter trucks um, and that are driven for like a good 36 to 48 hours to slaughterhouses without any access to water and air um, cramped up like hundreds and hundreds of them just stuffed um, and um, she was trying to give water to these pigs and the truck driver ran over her intentionally or unintentionally we do not know and nothing much has come out after but um, yeah that's how she died and her life partner Mark Powell has been quoted as saying that she died fighting for what she believed in and yeah it's just it's just sad, right? Yeah, of course. Well, our tributes to her and um, and everybody out there fighting the good fight and trying to do that while, you know, we've been under all sorts of restrictions and still doing their bit. I know you, before you left as well, were trying to do as much as you could, um, you know, for the animals and the animal rescue efforts that you were involved yeah. in. I, I mean, I don't want to say a good thing, but at least something positive that came out of this sad news is that people started understanding what's going on out there, how animals are loaded in these slaughter trucks and, you know, they're starved and they're beaten and no access to water for like two days is is not humane in any way, you know? Yes. Yeah. So more people started um, getting access to this information because of uh, the sad news. Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, you know, going back, I mean, there, there's been, there've been many reports, of course, over the last few weeks and months about sort of these animal markets and kind of what they're like, uh, because we still have so many of them all around the world, right? And uh, not even just the factory farming, but just the animal markets and the conditions that animals are kept in while they're kind of traded around and, 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 and all of that. Um, it's so important, I think, that we kind of see that. I mean, it's it's so funny, right? Like, 
obviously I'd been vegetarian for a very long time, but there are times now when like I'll, I'll see a vegetarian um, posting about stuff and you know, the first minute I'll be very, very glad that they're vegetarian and not eating meat. And within like three minutes or not even three, within like a few seconds, I'm just like, uh, why aren't you vegan, dude? Like, Stop talking to me about paneer or, uh, <laughs> you know, or a pizza uh, because it's kind of like, I mean, you know, we don't live in a world where uh, any of that comes from anything remotely um, humane. Um, and while we're talking about pigs, um Apparently, there is a flu virus with pandemic potential that has been found in China. Um, and um, according to BBC.com, a new strain of flu that has the potential to become a pandemic has been identified in China and it emerged recently and is carried by pigs but can infect humans, is what scientists say. Exactly. And going back to the point which we had discussed a few episodes earlier, that everything is, people are going to change. The pandemic is going to bring out the best in people. Not happening. I don't think one pandemic is enough for us to shake us from what we're doing to this planet, to well, ourselves. I mean, if one and pandemic to... isn't, there isn't, there isn't any number that will be. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I, I don't even think that, like, we are, you know, the, like, the levels of frustration that I'm seeing uh, around around the world of having been stuck in a lockdown or some semblance of it or whatever restrictions that have been applied on people all over the world is so high that even like when you look at things like capacity building in the event that there is another pandemic, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I think a large percentage of the population is not going to be prepared even if there is another one next year or whenever. Let's hope that's not, but you know. Yeah, it's it's mostly going to be like, oh, we already know how to live with the pandemic. We're used to this. Bring on more gloves and more masks to dump in the sea. Yeah, unfortunately, that's... Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to try and pull out some positive news over here. So I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Roger Federer, who is um, obviously a star tennis player, um, launched a line of vegan shoes. So, yay. Oh, yes. It's interesting, right? So he, um, him and uh, Novak Djokovic are the two sort of top two tennis stars in the world right now. Um, this is nothing against Rafael Nadal or other people. Like, this is not me making a comment on tennis right now. Uh, and Djokovic actually is, is openly vegan, right? So he's, um, he's someone that advocates a vegan lifestyle and uh, he's plant-based as well in terms of his diet and, and everything he does in terms of his fitness. Um, but, uh, so, so it's interesting to see that the other person now, like Federer has, has launched essentially a, he's basically, he's made a line of sneakers with, uh, with vegan leather and rubber. Um, so that's nice to see that, uh, you know, they're advocating a cruelty-free lifestyle and, and looking to launch something new. And uh, I mean, you know, whatever he, people may think about him as a person, uh, you know, that kind of star power behind something like this is actually quite, um, it's great for awareness. It's great for people to realize like, oh, even if people don't know anything about vegan leather, uh, realizing that, you know, your favorite superstar or sports person is uh, is advocating this cause, A, you might buy it anyway because you're a fan of him. And he's anyway, uh, Federer has always had a line of clothing that people are very happy to buy. So it's just an expansion on that, right? Uh, but also, it just it it might spark a question or two, right? In terms of um, what it is, so that's that's always a good sign. So at least that's a bit of positive news for the last week. 
Yeah, and we've already established in the past that it's very important for celebrities to speak up about these things. Like, uh, like I said, like Novak Djokovic is a very vocal vegan. He's just not plant-based, um, which is a difference that most people often forget. He is vegan for the animals, and which is the message that you need to spread. Plant-based could be about your health, it could be about environment, but veganism is for the animals. You just vegan through and through in everything that you do in life, not just your food. Um, so I know that Novak Djokovic usually is quite active and quite vocal about the fact that he's vegan for the animals, but it's very important for celebrities who are even plant-based for that matter, like Virat Kohli or Roger Federer or whoever else, to come out there and talk about why it is important to be vegan outside of just your health, you know. Uh, it, it's not something that just needs to be focused upon you as a person individually. It has to be for other beings that you share the planet with. So, um, yeah, I think it's always good when when celebrities speak about these things. 100%, yeah. I mean, we've, we've seen, I think we've seen some of the biggest impacts towards this movement happening because of because of that, right? We talk about Beyonce back in the day, or you see people like Ricky Gervais, or uh, even Joaquin um, Phoenix, right? I mean, he's, he's very, very active. Um, in the space and then obviously he on the one side he was releasing a, a big movie and then at the inside you know in parallel he was using that as a platform to talk a lot about um, animal cruelty and the fact that that needs to change so it's 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 amazing because I mean you know the, these people can do in by saying one thing you know what will take us 27 episodes to get to in terms of impact so oh not even um, also interestingly there has been a new vegan film platform uh, that has been launched and it lists about 200 movies all about veganism and plant-based diets and things like that. So according to plantbasednews.org, among the film, films on the database are The Game Changers, What the Health and the upcoming documentary They're Trying to Kill Us. Um, and the platform is called Veg Movies. <laughs> they were so, so creative with that one. Yeah. Um, and they basically list. I guess they could have called in like vegan flicks or something. Anyway. My phone agrees. Um, Veg movies lists movies with a with a vegan message, a vegan character, the goal of reducing or exposing animal suffering and exploitation, a focus on climate change, or a focus on sustainability that does not specifically recommend consuming or exploiting animals. That's gonna be quite cool. Like one straight platform to go watch everything. So I guess uh, one last um, good news, partially good news from my end um, is, again, going back to the next pandemic um, and acknowledging the fact, uh, which we did in our previous episode, why nobody's really talking about it. Why is nobody talking about the root cause? UN has now launched a new report that says we must stop exploiting animals or we face new pandemics. Um, and I think an authority like the UN acknowledges that people need to wake up and take notice. Right. Um, according to plantbasednews.org, pandemics are a predictable outcome of how people trade and consume animals. And um, the report also says that the world is reacting to and treating the health and economic symptoms of the COVID-19 pandemic, but not addressing the calls. And as a result, the report warns a steady stream of new infectious diseases can be expected in the coming years. 
Yeah, and this is what we were also kind of addressing, right? Like even just anecdotally, what we are seeing around us um, is telling us that, uh, you know, not a lot has changed yet. Um, I think the focus has been very singular in terms of saying, I want to be able to step out or when do I get back to normal? And I think we're, we're having very few conversations about the fact to say, what do we need to change, right? Uh, both from a point of view of saying, how can we approach this better? How can we be more prepared for it? But also, how can we prevent it, right? Like, can we treat some of the symptoms? Can we, um, can we work towards changing, you know, various behaviors, whether it's everything from pollution to meat consumption to uh, just even practices in, in how we're dealing with all this stuff? Um, as of now, we haven't seen big moves in that area. I'm hopeful or I, I want to try and be hopeful that maybe when normalcy will come back, people will look at these remaining gaps that we have essentially, um, people look at these gaps that have essentially been identified as a result of this pandemic and try and see what can be done to fill those gaps, right? I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of new opportunities for uh, everything from vegan products to um, uh, practices and, and, and more sustainable work and everything else, right? But... Uh, but I mean, we haven't seen that kind of movement yet, which is it's worrying. I mean, it's been four or five months, and um, yeah, we need to do more. We need to do more. Yeah, I guess we can only hope that this is what will kickstart it all, mm. and maybe in another ten years, people might take notice. Um, if you look at the concept of veganism in general, it has really picked up over the last decade. Yeah. More people have opened up their eyes what's going on, um, acknowledging and accepting and making that change in their lives. So hopefully people who are much more strongly driven by their conditional um, upbringing um, might need something which is more groundbreaking, I guess. So if more pandemics happen, and they surely will, or exploring of why they happened, mm. I guess people might start taking notice. And people also need to kind of understand that this is not just about wildlife trading. It's not just something that happens with a particular country that eats animals that are supposed to not be eaten. This is about eating any kind of animal. This is about the way animals are traded and the way animals are consumed. It could be your pigs and it could be your cows. Mm. Um, these are zoonotic diseases, swine flu that comes from um, you know, any kind of animal that you are raising unnaturally in unnatural environments. And um, that's going to have a spillover of zoonotic diseases amongst humans. And I know we don't need to get into all of this all over again, but this is something we've seen repeatedly. Um, or we've, we've talked about repeatedly, sorry, in previous episodes. And so I think it's super important that, um, that, we, that we start now uh, we, we can't only be talking about how do we get past a pandemic, uh, which is, you know, we need to think long-term if we really want to be on this planet. Exactly. And for our listeners, if you guys have missed um, out our previous episodes, the last two episodes, we speak about how, these, this, how the pandemic came into being and why nobody in the um, larger media is talking about it why aren't the relevant authorities talking about it so in case you've missed it please do check out our previous two episodes good point yeah 
cross-selling. I know. Look at the content director doing her thing. Okay. Well, and I think. That's it. Yeah. So I think that's it that's for. That's a wrap and zoop. Oh, we're still doing that. Change of country has not changed that. No. Okay. I'm still a releasing fan. Okay. Well, that's it from us uh, on this episode. Uh, from me out here in Dubai, from Hitel, from the Netherlands. In Amsterdam. In Amsterdam. And uh, yeah. Well, it was nice seeing you, Hitel, because it's been a while. Um, Good luck with settling in and everything else. And uh, let's do this again super soon. Do you know what we're going to talk about next week? The next week? Week after? Week after that? No, you need to stop. You need to stop talking. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for listening. And let us know if you have any comments about uh, what you'd like us to cover in our future episodes. If you have any news that we've missed out on uh, that we should know of, you can find us on Facebook. We're called The Two Vegans. On Instagram, we're called The.Two.Vegans. And probably on Twitter, are we? We are on Twitter, yes. Oh. But of and course, I think the you know majority of conversation, I think that we find ends up happening on Instagram. Oh, and we have a new logo, by the way, as of this episode. Uh, if you haven't already seen it, just take a look at your podcast players because you've seen a brand new logo, Two Weekends, with in it the Two Weekends. The pretty one and the not so pretty one. I mean, I mean, I mean I'm a realist. Really, yeah, <laughs> I can't really argue with that. <laughs> You're gonna put your music. Mm-hmm. It's our music, man. Okay. I mean, you You're just went put... off to Dutch and said it's your music, your show. You went off to Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go off to Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Uh, can I can I keep this in my memory and make a joke out of it every now and then, please?